Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to the Tom Stevens Show, and this is your host, Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist here in Houston, Texas, who is bringing you a show that is all about parenting, relationships, families. Uh, you know, I just decided to bring my office out to the people, and that's what we have done. So twice a week here, Monday night, 8.30 Central p.m., and Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central we go out and we find topics to talk with you about that everybody asks me about. I've been a psychotherapist in the field for 18 years now and specialize in working with children and their families. And one thing I've noticed over all the times I've done this job, it's that there are a lot more people out there in the world who don't come in my office than actually do. And so one of the cool ways with technology today, we can handle that, is to have a talk show that you can listen to, that you can call in and ask questions about uh, at, and that you can get information on topics you never might have gotten before. My job is to find the cool topics and to find the great guests, and I've been working my tail off for months on this one. And we have an amazing guest tonight and an amazing topic tonight that you're really not going to hear a whole lot of other places, and that is about understanding what a narcissistic parent would be like. A lot of people have heard that word, but they don't actually know what the definition is. Well, I have author Tina Fuller here tonight who wrote the book, It's My Turn, and it is a book that talks about how to gain freedom from a manipulating and self-centered parent, and she is just like everybody out there, just a regular old person, not this doctor expert who's done all this research and has written a paper on it. She's done her research, but she's also done her time, and she will be able to tell you all about what it's like growing up with a narcissistic parent. But you know what? I'm going to leave a lot of that to her. I want to know also just about you know people who are narcissistic, period, because you may be around someone who has got this stuff going on and not know what to do with them. So I'm really excited about having Tina on tonight, and we're going to have a great discussion with lots of questions. If you have a question that you want to ask me as a therapist, or most importantly, Tina, as an author of this book, It's My Turn, call in. Get your pens out and write it down or get your cell phones out. It is area code 347-838-9737. Again, area code 347 838 9737. That will get you to a lady that 
if you hit the number one, she will put you right into my queue so you can ask a question or give your comment. If you don't hit anything, it'll just leave you on hold, and you can listen to the entire show on your cell phone. If you've got a computer with you or you're getting to a computer, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash Tom Stevens LPC. L is in Larry, P is in Paul, C is in Cap. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Tom Stevens LPC, and it will pop all of our shows up, tonight's in particular, and you can listen live on the air right now. But as I said, I am a psychotherapist who has worked with children and families for a long time. And what I want is for people to be able to have more tools, more awareness, and more ability to handle, fix, and manage their lives so they don't have to come in and see me. I've got plenty of work here to do, and if not, I'll find something else to do. But I want you to have the tools so that you can make your life better today. And I've seen such cool things happen from this show with all the guests that we've had on. I wanted to update you on the future as far as guests go, but before I did, I had to have a chuckle when I spoke with Tina earlier. She's talking about how it rained up in Washington, D.C., where she is, and it cooled it off. Well, down here in Houston, y'all, it's 88 degrees at 8.35 p.m. with a feels-like temperature of 95, and I am feeling every bit of it, even just sitting in my office tonight. But on shows coming up, which is really going to be cool, we've got a show coming up about infidelity and marriage. I mean, we're talking about topics, y'all, narcissism, infidelity and marriage, psychological testing, psychiatric issues in children that are not being talked about other places. So we're going to have a show with Dr. Kate Walker, who is going to talk about, that is her specialty, infidelity and marriage. And she is going to be on in a couple of weeks to talk about that. And then after that, we're going to do a show on addictions. And that goes from young people, like teenagers, all the way up into adulthood, how to recognize addiction, how to handle it, what the treatments are, and then following up at the end of July with Dr. Robbie Wright, who is a child psychiatrist here in Houston and is going to talk about you know, when your children might benefit from medication. Because while we don't want them on medication, if we can help it, there are a lot of great reasons to have them on medications at times. So with all of that said, there's one last thing, and that is uh, you can – Send me a tweet at Twitter at, at Tom Stevens LPC. Again, at Tom Stevens LPC. And then Facebook is Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. There's too many places today, y'all, in social media to be connected. And I'm not even on part of them. But we'll have Mary Lehman's on, our great friend at Go Local Advertising, halfway through the show. And she will without a doubt, be able to get you hooked up. If you want to see her great work, go to my website, tomstevens.us, and she has made it awesome. So without further ado, I want to bring Tina on because I've got a lot of questions for her, and she's a superwoman and has written a really cool book with a really cool approach. She is a regular old person, like I said, who just wanted to write a book to help other people understand just through her own experience what growing up with a narcissistic parent is like. And, uh, you know, as the back of her book says, she brings her practical understanding of narcissism and her personal experience together. And she's developed a four-step program, which is PACE, P-A-C-E, that clearly explains how to improve the overall quality of life, even though you have grown up with a narcissistic parent. So without further ado, Tina Fuller, welcome. 
<laughs> Hi, Dr. Stevens. Oh, it's good to have you here. Tina, at least, you know, without me blundering through it, just tell everybody who you are, you know, where you came from, what your background is and all that so they can relate to you. Well, as you said, I'm a regular person. I don't know if I agree with the old, but <laughs> but I'm a regular person. Um, I I have had two uh, businesses and then decided to start a family, so close this down. Um, and then just at 39, I realized that my mom was narcissistic. It just kind of came out of the blue, and I decided to... Um, share all of my knowledge with everyone else to try to help them to cope better as it I struggled uh it, it's a lot of work but as I said I wanted to help other people to uh get through this and find some peace okay so I have another question for you because the really neat thing about tonight is bringing you with your experience in your book mm-hmm. which is really cool by the way it's my turn and then secondly me as a therapist you know working uh-huh. with people Mm-hmm. You know, as a therapist, we I, I've always heard it said, and I, I kind of believe it actually, that narcissism is the hardest disorder to treat in our field, and some have said almost untreatable, but right. it is an amazingly difficult thing as a professional, I have to tell everybody, to treat. It's almost like baseball players who get Tommy John surgery, that there are certain injuries that are just very difficult to recover from. So tell people that have always heard that word, which... It's hard to understand what it is exactly. Yeah, and I would also think that it would be hard to even diagnose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they can come across as very uh, poor me, you know, kind of thing, and, yeah. and lie and manipulate and, and twist things around. So you, you don't really get a true picture. You get a distorted picture. You see the world through their eyes, but you may not be getting truth. Um, exactly. But in our, a narcissist basically um, is someone, it, it's all about them. It's not just a big ego. Uh, there, We have many of those people running around, but there's a huge difference. And as you, I think you mentioned earlier, the word is thrown around a lot. Well, he mm-hmm. seems narcissistic or she's very narcissistic. But it's way, way deeper than a, an ego trip. It's It has to be about them. They've got to be in the limelight and in and everyone's focus all the time. It can't be about anyone else, whether it's a wedding, a, a, any kind of family event. It always winds up being about them somehow. And that could be boasting as far as attention and great things or the negative of how painful things are or how much I've been, you know, wounded or hurt or upset or Absolutely. all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. For example, if you... Um, someone dies in in a person's family, and they're speaking to the narcissist about it. Oh, my my um, cousin died yesterday, and, and they're crying. And well, before this person knows it, they're talking about someone in the narcissist's family who died, and your issue is completely gone. And they take over the conversation, and then they're crying, and and the person who just lost someone is now consoling the narcissist. So. It, that's just kind of the way it works. It, mm-hmm. it, you're just lost in that, and it, the focus is then put on them. And then some people would say, well, okay, what's the difference between that and just somebody who's selfish, self-absorbed, self-centered, and you know what? They just have a big ego. Well, because they will manipulate, lie. This is a constant, ongoing process for them. Uh, this is not just someone who's a little ornery or 
kind of boasts about themselves just a little too much, you'll catch them in lies. You will um, you will see them manipulate other people. Um, it, it's just much much deeper than a than an ego trip. And is it abusive? I mean, is that is that kind of oh, what you're saying? That, okay. Absolutely abusive. There's um, a lot of mental abuse, um, emotional blackmail, and that would be um, they have a certain goal in mind, and they will do anything and everything to obtain that goal, whether it's um, lie to you, um, try to make you feel. They'll use guilt a lot. Uh, They may rage, use a lot of anger, um, those types of things, until you cower and do what they want. So okay, so you're painting this this drearily dark picture of somebody who's a heathen. Now, is it somebody who is actually, are they conscious, are they aware of every single move they're making? Like, is it that calculated where it's almost sociopathic, or is it just kind of how they're bred? Like, Well, honestly, everything that I've read and researched, it's something that happens to them as a child that starts this. Um, there is ongoing research now, from what I understand, people are trying to find out if it is a chemical imbalance or if it's inherited, that type of thing. But personally, everything and people I've talked to, and like you said, I'm just a regular person, but mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more the environment. They perceive something has happened to them that's a tragedy, whether yeah. it's real or if it's just perceived that it's, it was a tragedy. And what happens is their self-esteem becomes so crushed that they have to try to build themselves back up. So what they do is they go around using people to try to build themselves back up, but really their their self-esteem has been so damaged that it's just a facade. They come across as feeling looking like they're oh I'm I'm bragging about myself I'm wonderful, but really it's not. It, it's just a a false image they portray okay so leading into that saying you know it probably came from childhood tell us what like what made you say okay it's time i got to write this book i mean something about either what i've experienced or what i've been through that that i got to share so where does that come from for you i think um well i felt so alone and just completely lost um I had lo- I had a, a brother who died in 1991, and I have three other um, sib- half-siblings from my mom's first marriage and was not really that close with any of them because there's such a huge age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I understood that my mom ha- is narcissistic, I would write little notes for myself. I just jotted things down. I would think things through. I'd do more research. And it just kept going. And then it became like this, um, I don't know, uh, just like a project almost. And I I would keep all my research and, and watch documentaries and read. And I just thought, wow, I've come this far. I've just got to share this with people because I know I'm not the only person out there struggling mm-hmm. with this. It's just, it can't be. Uh, and the more I read and, and learned, the more it just pushed me to share and help others. That that was really my whole um, joy in this, is helping other people. And so a lot of people would say, how in the world 
like, you know, when you develop or, or realize that you've got mm-hmm. a parent that's possibly narcissistic, mm-hmm. like, do you go to family reunions and do you go make a phone call and, you know, like, put it out there? Well, I didn't at first. <laughs> I wanted uh-huh. to make sure. I wanted to make sure, well, am I am I positive? You know, I I didn't go to college. I didn't. Well, I didn't go to college because I was pretty much told I was too stupid to go. I mean, in so many words. Um, I was a female, and you know, you, you just don't have the grades to do something like that. Now I could kick myself, but, and I actually uh-huh. may go back even at the at this age. But um, you basically, um, it's it's kind of tragic, actually. At first, you're like confused. So the best thing to do is find out if they really are narcissistic just to make sure you know that. And then you, once you learn more about it and get the knowledge, then you realize who you can go to and who you can't. Um, And that's, yeah, you have to find out who you can speak to this about and who you cannot. Because as I break it down in in the book, there's like three steps uh, to what children usually are. They're either conformers, which Mm -hmm. is doing everything mom or dad wants, uh, they're rebels, which is obviously uh, they rebel, and then there are runners, people who just distance themselves as far away from the narcissist as possible. Um, the conformers you probably are, you'll never be able to reach. Um, now I'm speaking of adults here, not not children. Yeah. Right. Um, but, Can you notice um, these when they're child children? Can you notice them through childhood, like they're actually growing up to be that, or no? Are you speaking about me and my experience, or just just I, I'd say even me or any of us out here listening? Like, mm-hmm. can you actually, if you you know, uh, auto or look at people through a microscope, mm-hmm. children? Can you tell mm-hmm. like that this is a child that's kind of more in that conformer role? If I get you twenty children from narcissistic parents, could oh, you absolutely. see? Sure. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely, and I break those down in the book clearly so that you wow. can understand what what they mean. Um, mm-hmm. And as I said, conformer is someone who's going to conform and do everything possible that will make mom or dad happy and just just do everything you can for that pat on the head that isn't going to come. Mm-hmm. But keep striving and keep trying and trying. Um, and then the, the rebellious child will realize, okay, this this is not, uh, I can't do anything right. And you start arguing, and that's that's where the arguments start. And then you've got the runner who, okay, well, I'll see you. <laughs> and you don't see the person for months, you know, or years maybe at a time. Uh, so, But you can. You can see it in children. You can see which ones are which. And I've actually had a few people email me um, and say I've, I've got – they listen to a couple of other interviews, and they've got, oh, I know I have a runner, and I know I have a conformer, and a, I need to get him the book or her the book, and yeah. So even the parent, you know, the, if like say the spouse of the narcissist can see it as well. So once you start so, getting the knowledge, that's the key. Would this be then a book that would help? It's kind of like the adult children of alcoholics book. You know, would this be a book that would right. help adults recognize? Wow, maybe that's what's been happening all this time. Like there's a lot of adults out there who really don't realize they really did grow up in this. Absolutely. It's definitely for the adult child of a narcissist. Absolutely. Like I said, the only one that isn't going to get this would be the conformer because they're so, and as I call it, programmed, which is basically like a brainwashing. They're so programmed that mom or dad, oh gosh, poor thing, what can I do to help? 
they're not going to see this any more than the narcissist sees it. So okay. the the runner and the rebel can. You can reach them, but the conformer's just not going to get it because they're too wrapped up. Their whole world will come crashing down. <laughs> yeah, their perfect little picture is what you mean. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So those are more the enablers in the world who, who kind of right, hmm. right. Okay, so when people get this topic, you know, and you go around, it's it's not the most popular thing because it's not like, you know, does your child have ADHD? This is like, you know, you're dealing with with parents here, and mm-hmm. there are certain people who are just, I, I guess you'd say they're narcissistic, but. They're not mm-hmm. diagnosable narcissistic. I mean, is there a difference right. between, you know, they're just totally ego-driven and narcissistic, but they're not. What's the difference between somebody who's literally diagnosed with it? Well, I, I would think it would be more of a range. And the way I look at it is there's kind of like the really low low grade who's kind of annoying, but you can kind of tolerate them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily want to spend your whole weekend with this person. <laughs> But mm, you can you can stand it. For, like you were saying, like at a family reunion, oh, okay, well, we can do Saturday, but that's enough, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but then you've got your medium and your high. Now, these are the people who are just, ugh, really, it's, it's like going to the dentist. I really don't want to see this person because you know mm. there's going to be a problem, you know, that kind of feeling. And you get that feeling in your gut, and you, they're probably in that medium range. The high high level would be someone who you oh gosh is there any way we can get out of this you know kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing um unfortunately my mom is in the high range but um okay. yeah. so your mom's still alive she's 91 and a half mm-hmm. so she she's read this book no actually she just found out about it about two weeks ago <laughs> okay can you still, yeah. i don't mean to sidebar here but nope. Can you fill us in on what in the world that was like when you had that conversation? I didn't. I I recently actually just cut communications with her. Um, Do you know her reaction? Uh, I'm sure her reaction probably – I'm surprised there's a roof on their house still, (laughs) to be honest. uh, And I'm not trying to be smart here because that's not my goal at all. And and there's no anger. There's no nothing. It just is what it is. And – Describing a narcissistic person literally. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's <laughs> almost to me like an O.J. Simpson. Like when I watched that well, trial and I went through that, I thought, boy, he oh, yeah. literally has convinced mm-hmm. that everybody is doing him mm-hmm. wrong, and he mm-hmm. his he, his body reacted the same way. I mean, right. And and I think definitely that's correct. He, I totally believe he's narcissistic. Um, there's many stars out there that I think are, but um, sports people. But I'm not going to name names necessarily. <laughs> but um, I do agree with you on that. I also think he has some other issues going on because of what he did. You know, there's some other real problems going on. Right. Um, but yeah, they don't think they've done anything wrong. It's the rest of the world that's not. It's not them. It's they always place blame on someone else. Okay, they so I'm pulled up this. I want you to kind of hear these descriptors mm-hmm. and tell me if you think it's accurate or not because you mentioned celebrities and stuff. But I pulled mm-hmm. this list of descriptors for narcissism, and I'm, I'm just going to run through a few of them, and you tell mm-hmm. me after I get them if they all hit. Because the first picture that popped up was a picture of Donald Trump. But um, mm-hmm. it says, you enjoy leading others and telling them what to do. You're an, mm-hmm. you're an, you are an entertainer. 
You're a workaholic, which means you're impatient and uh, driven. You often lie to make yourself seem better. You're regarded mm-hmm. as attractive and dress better than other people. You really, uh, uh, you really like to curse. <laughs> you wait for other people to stop talking so you can start. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you put your needs before others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the point is that not all of those hit. But no. the one thing I carried away from that was, you know, um, I don't know how. It's got to be hard to be an entertainer, I should say an actor, especially a popular one, without growing some sense of the world really is all about me. And and I go back to another one, which would be like a Tiger Woods, you know, who has grown up in this this bubble and became this – you almost feel untouchable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, no, yeah, I don't know about that one, um, and I don't know honestly about Donald Trump. I don't follow his show. I don't particularly care for his type of humor, so I'm not familiar. I would say, since we're naming names, I would say maybe Terrell Owens. He would be a good candidate for this. Um, he's who was a football player. Um, so there's several out there. But the thing is, with the, with narcissism, it's tricky because not it's not a cookie cutter. Thing. Okay, you have this, this, and this. That's it. You're diagnosed with that. Everybody's different. We're all unique. So one person that may be a workaholic, that's true because they want to be the best. However, you've also got that victim role where you've mm-hmm. got somebody who, oh, they can do it. They don't want to do it. They want somebody to do it for them. I want to be taken care of because I'm special. See, mm-hmm. so it goes that way too. Like they'll pretend okay, they so can't do something. You see, it's for the attention. Is- which is way more manipulative than, like, if I'm starting to throw out names, which are really just maybe strong egos or strong personalities, that's different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's it just good. depends, like, because they're all different. So it, it's really all, and it, I hate to keep repeating it, but it is all about them and whatever they want. So if they don't want to perform a task, well, how do you do this again? I don't, I can't, oh, I can't get it, you know, that kind of thing. And before mm-hmm. you know it, you've done it for them. Oh, great, I got them to do that. And that is manipulative, yes. But it, it just depends on what their goal is and how mm-hmm. they can finagle you. They're, people are seen as, they're like suppliers, that's what I call them. And whatever they can get out of you, they'll they'll take it. But if they do something for you, you better expect you better, you're going to have to do something back. <laughs> they don't give of themselves. So in other words, they are going to be way more emotionally draining people Absolutely. than just bossy people. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. that's a pretty good point. And you listed in here, mm-hmm. uh, in the very beginning of your book, which was pretty um, straight to the point, you listed it right at the beginning <laughs> – to answer mm-hmm. these questions for people, just as, which I love to see in the introduction, is your parent constantly criticizing you? Are they mm-hmm. a know-it-all? Do they use manipulation, anger, and guilt uh, on you or others to get what they want? Do they con- constantly complain and never seem dissatis- never seem satisfied? Will they mm-hmm. often cause a scene or ruin a special mm-hmm. day or event? Now that's where it stands out for me. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ruin the the wedding, the mm-hmm. birthday, the celebration. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Now, what's the difference? I, I don't know if you have this off the top of your head because I do a lot of this with teenagers because most of them are just walking 
borderline personalities the way they are. But what is the difference between a borderline personality and, say, a full-blown narcissist, which in our field we'd say you know, the narcissism, without a doubt, is way more brutal. But we always say that borderline right. personalities – uh, sometimes are potentially five to seven years worth of treatment, you know, to really get mm-hmm. through that. So mm-hmm. what do you think the difference there is? To be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the borderline personality um, because, like, my focus has been on narcissism yeah. completely. I mean, I've looked it up and I know what it means. I could define it, but I can't tell you really the huge difference between the two because I have not compared them per se. Yeah, um, I just dove into this and this is what I know <laughs> to be it's honest like, with you. It, it, it's a similar lot of it, though. There are a lot of similarities. It's similar, but I think the difference is really in the um to me the borderlines which would be more uh, ups and downs, thrill seeker kind of thing and the narcissist uh-huh. would be more um it it seems more focused and serious about you know mm-hmm. everything really does have to be about them. It's not always that way. With uh, the best book I ever read on the the borderlines was um, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. (laughs) And it's kind (laughs) of this push and pull of things where, you know, there would be times of of manipulation, but I don't think it's as strong as a narcissist. Okay. Can I go to a call real quick? And I think they have empathy. Oh, sure. Yes. Well, that's that's a great point, Tina. Uh, Excellent point that they have empathy. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is with narcissists, they literally just can't access that. No. It's not there. It's a pretty good point. I want to go to our good friend Mary Lehman's because she always has a question. She has three young children, and she completely transformed my website. And I always keep talking about it because I just love the flashy things on it and all that stuff. Mary, are you there? <laughs> I am here, Tom. How are you? Hey, Mary. I am good. You know, Tina has a wealth of information about a topic. You know, most people that I've mentioned about this topic are like, ooh, really? You're going to talk about that? Because that's like calling people out. And, you know, people are going to start labeling their wives and their husbands. And here we go, right? Right. I know, especially after, like, you um, say that you listen to it and then you're like, you throw that word out. They're like, oh, yeah, you just listen to that show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do you have a question for her? Because you've always got something. I do. To okay. Tina, I was wondering what what do you do with a narcissist? Like, if you have one in your life, like, how do you handle them? As far as you know, there's friends. Run. You know, people run, run, <laughs> run as far as you can. No, just kidding. Well, there's, um, there's people it like on... friends. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the different different. Um, what am I trying? Different levels of friendship. You know, there's some people that you're like, oh well, whatever. And there's some people right. that are really like in your life. So, right. What do you do? Well, it depends on how close you are, as you mentioned. Um, if it's just an acquaintance, then my suggestion would honestly be to just kind of. Back off gently, you know, don't become more involved with them because eventually it's not going to end pretty. Um, Narcissists don't generally have friends for very long because eventually you're going to do something that they're going to see as an injury and they're going to drop you or be angry with you and and there's going to be issues. Um, If it's a family member, then you have to kind of work with whether it's low, medium, high, and just do the best you can, really. Um, how I've handled it, like I said, I've, I, eventually we'll talk about the PACE program, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, when it's just a friend, I would just kind of back off, you know, not get any closer than you already are. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, Mary, she listed those three things. You either conform, you rebel, or you run. Mm-hmm. You do one of those three mm-hmm. things because <laughs> there is really no room. I always talk mm-hmm. about it in my therapy office when I have couples or families in. Certain people in a couple or in a family mm-hmm. will take up more air and breathing mm-hmm. space in my office, and some will squeeze off into a corner and just hide away, and some will literally move their bodies across the entire couch I have to where people can't really sit there. And it, you can notice it just by watching people in my office. And I think what we've heard is that, you know, a narcissist just literally consumes the oxygen emotionally it's uh, true. They from the room. It's very suffocating. Mm-hmm. That's really well put. So, like, you invite them over and have an intervention? <laughs> and give Ooh, them, I don't like, know about that. You know, no, I don't think that would work. No, no, That's no. what's hard, Mary, because I think what Tina's saying is, you know, they have so much firepower, and if they literally don't get it, then you're. it's not like you're dealing with an alcoholic who's just in denial, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and they know that they're really losing their job and, you know, they're mm-hmm. killing themselves. They don't, you know, those people at least can, can wise up to it every now and then. I think what you're saying, Tina, is you really can't confront it like head on, you have to almost massage it. Yeah, and and they're not going to admit that they're wrong. That's the other issue. They're they're not capable of seeing. They blame everyone else. It's never their fault. Or if it, it's kind of funny, but you can you know I've I've had a long conversation with my mom. I've tried. You know, this is way before I even knew what was happening. Several. I stayed on the phone for several hours with her at one point, and I thought, oh, wow, she's finally admitting she's wrong. Oh, okay, I got through. But at the very end of the conversation, it's, well, if you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done that. You see, so it, it all comes right back around, and it will hit you right in the side of the head because you are not going to win this. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you're not going to win because well, the rest that- of the world is wrong. Exactly. And Mary, that ties into your question about what do you do with them? The the one thing I wonder about is how then does somebody who's really narcissistic communicate love and experience love in a relationship, friendship, family, spouse, whatever, like, because that may be good for Mary to know if, if she's got one coming over, they may actually be um, caring about you or, or loving you in a, a family or friend way, but it, it's totally unnoticeable, is it? Or are they even able to do that? In my opinion, I honestly don't think a narcissist so they can't go there. through love. No. Wow. No. Mm-hmm. They don't love themselves, so there's certainly no way that they can love anyone else. You can't give what you don't have. So in my opinion, I really don't think that they feel true love. They think they do, and they they watch other people. They become masters at imitating or using the right words but they don't feel it, just like with the empathy. Mm -hmm. They can say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened, but they don't mean it. Because, like I said, two minutes later, you're talking about them, something that happened Mm -hmm. to them. They they can't. It's just not there for them. It's not on purpose. They just don't know how. They don't have the tools. Mary, is that uplifting or what? I mean, does that make you just want (laughs) to... All i got to say is somebody has to write the book. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I was just saying, like with Tina, like you have, you had a narcissistic mother, and she's in your life. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to deal with somebody that that's, that she's a parent. I mean, that's right. That's, it and is, it's sad. Yeah. yeah, it's really sad. And I, 
I believe I mentioned to Tom that I've already uh I have cut communication yeah. with her because it was so toxic. I tried even once I knew she was narcissistic, I still worked on the book, I still you know, over the years, um and it this went on for ten years and I tried mm. to maintain the relationship because she is my mother. If it was an aunt or an uncle or something, okay, that's a little different maybe, but you only get one mom and one dad. Mm-hmm. But when does it become time to say, okay, this is just so unhealthy for me. I can't do this anymore. And that's exactly. where yeah, where I, the point I got to, unfortunately. Now, if your parent is not in a high range, you probably can maintain, as long as you set your boundaries, which is extremely important, um, if you set boundaries, you you may be able to maintain a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I know I could no longer do that in my case. But she's she's high plus, so I just wow. couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and ninety one and a half. <laughs> the I know ninety one and a half, man. Yeah. yeah, and she's in pretty good health. So, Mary, uh, I should say Tina. You know, the opposite of. The narcissism would be Mary Lehman's. I mean, she is so giving. That girl, she has changed my website. She's changed Aww. social media for me to, for me to be on Twitter and Facebook and a website. When six months ago, I probably knew hardly any of them. Mary, tell everybody if, if they want a website, if they want, uh, you know, social media connections to get because that's what you do, right? You help people get their name out. Absolutely. Yes, that's what we specialize in. The small business owner that knows how important it is but just doesn't have the time to do it. Um mm-hmm. and we also, you know, offer sort of training, you know, with our with our packages, you know, it's also uh marketing consultation. So if you have a project that you know you need to get done but you just don't know where to start as far as a campaign, you know, we really help work it and we write the process for you. So the next time it comes around, you'll have your instructions and you'll know exactly what to do. So we really try to help alleviate a lot of, you know, stress out of the small business owner's life because it is very, very important because everybody's doing it, but you know, you also have to run your business. So that's our business to run your business, so you can run Look, your business. <laughs> Mary knows me, and she knows if if you can get it simple for me, then you can get it simple for anyone, correct? Like I am the example of basic instructions. Yes. Mary? Yes. <laughs> You're so good. Thanks for being on the show and asking a great oh, sir, question. Thanks for having me. Yes, you have a Absolutely. good night. Thank you. We'll see you Thursday. Okay, bye. Bye. Tina. That made mm-hmm. me think of something while we were talking there about the family thing and, and the love okay. deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that then I feel I'm thinking of all these children that grow mm-hmm. up in a home with a narcissistic parent, you being one of them. And mm-hmm. obviously people can recover, survive, and thrive and, and live a good life. But what is like what damage does happen to these children as they grow up that, you know, they just have to kind of be victim to? Well, First of all, you have no self-esteem whatsoever. Mm. Um, there's um, the narcissist looks at the child as an extension of themselves. Like in other words, they live vicariously through the child. Um, mm. You have a hard time making decisions. Uh, you may carry it into the workplace, where, for example, you might think in a way you deserve a raise, but you won't ask for one because. Mm your self-image, you've been told, 
uh, it's been damaged so much. Well, I yeah, well, I'm not going to ask because I probably won't get one. You know that kind of thing. You, mm-hmm. You've got a real negative flow going there. Um, so there's a lot of damage. You, you might uh, decide to go to lunch with friends and say, hmm, well, I'd like to go here, but I'm not going to say it because they probably don't want to go there. Right. You know, like, just simple stuff into relationships. Um, when I started, you know, dating and. It was always about what they wanted. I didn't speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. So you carry it right on into adulthood, and all those negative messages that were fed to you, you you believe them. Yeah. And Yeah, so you just carry it right on into adulthood, which is really awful if you don't realize what you're doing. It becomes like a broken record. You just keep believing the same thing over and over until you do something about it. Right. That's a pretty good point. And before we get into the pace, Mm-hmm. System that you have, the program you've got. I, I want to hear, like, when it comes to narcissism, do is there anything that that people can do to? They can't diagnose it, but like, if I'm a person walking around, how can I figure out if somebody in my life who's just seems very much like what you're talking about tonight? Is that way? I mean, is there a system, place, website, test? I don't know. Where do they go to figure this out? Well, basically, to be honest, what I did, I just looked up narcissism. And mm-hmm. it, you can look up, and plenty of websites have the characteristics that you can kind of look down. Some of them can get a little technical, and that's why I broke it down in my book, because mm-hmm. I thought, let me put it in simple terms so that people can relate to it quickly. I don't have to, what does this mean? What does that mean? <laughs> and look that word up, too, you know, kind of thing. Um, but... Um, you definitely want to find out if the person is narcissistic, and then you take your next step. You can get therapy, you can get support, but um, you got to find out if they truly are or not. And that that's another – I mean, keep bringing up my book, but um, I break it down so that you can see, wow, does my, my parent really do this? Or You'll relate mm-hmm. to it right away. Either you will or yeah. you won't. And you'll say, well, "Wow, this this poor lady," you know, or 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 you'll say, "Wow, that sounds just like my parent." Yeah. So yeah, you got well, to really decipher. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what Chapter Four does in your book. It's called Behavior Patterns, and it it mm-hmm. really just goes over an entire group of behaviors, and then mm-hmm. in the end, kind of breaks it down into examples. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as exercises go, so it, mm-hmm. you know, Chapter Four to me makes it very simple. I like bolded things, and her book is phenomenal. Everybody. <laughs> at bolding certain things so you can see characteristics. And uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so in dealing with a narcissistic personality, you mm-hmm. develop a four-step program that will help people actually you know, recover from and thrive in spite mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this. So go through that for us because I want to take time for that. Okay. Um, like you said, it's called PACE, and it's uh, P is for protect. Um, and I'll just run through them really quickly. Protect, accept, change, and empower. And then mm. what I mean by protect yourself from your parent would be imagine you've got, like, say, a rubber suit on or you've got a wall between you or somehow they can't access you. Uh, personally, I, I chose a rubber suit, and <laughs> I would pretend to put that on before I had to talk to her or see her especially. Um, that way, her insults and demeaning comments would just bounce off. You know, they mm-hmm. uh, they weren't going to get me anymore. That kind of thing. And it, it sounds a little silly, but it really and truly works. Mm. 
So that's protecting yourself, and that's either whether you're speaking with them on the phone or especially if you're going to see them for a visit, um, then accepting that they have this disorder. That took a little time. Um, at first you feel this really great sense of relief. Oh, my goodness, it's not me, it's them. That's mm-hmm. great. But then the reality kicks in and you're thinking, wow, they've got a, a, a problem. They've got a mental disorder, a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little bit of a shock, but um, you get over it. Um, and then there's change. Well, and, and, and the protect thing, if I can mm-hmm. kind sure. of interject, the protect mm-hmm. thing, I think it helps people understand that you are in this mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, not to change them. And so when you go on a right. family reunion or a trip to your parents, like you said, or to yep. your brother's house, or whoever, that you are there preparing. I always say to my clients as a therapist that it's important to put on that suit of armor and to know mm-hmm. where you will let yourself be vulnerable and where you won't and when you might actually walk out of the house or go take a right. break or, or walk down right. the street or or leave right. even. I mean that that you have your boundaries, not necessarily hoping that they'll just play the game fair. Mm-hmm. And then what what kicks in there will be fear. But yeah. stick to it. Stick to those boundaries because if you don't, you'll you'll feel like kicking yourself later. You know, you've got to stick to the boundaries, and it is scary that especially the first time you try to do it, it's very scary. It, you can I don't care how old you can be 65 years old and the first time you try it you feel like you're five again because your well, your parent rages I'm, or you know and especially since narcissistic people I, I would think create such intimidation around them that that people grow right. up you know not wanting to confront at all like can we just right. please get along you know go let's don't make any waves right wow um, okay the but, next one change um, okay change is unfortunately. Um, They've done wrong to you, but you're still the one who has to do the work. You have to change. <laughs> you cannot change them. That's not going to happen. It's a nice dream, but it's not going to happen. Um, mm. And that will save you time. The quicker you realize that, I don't care how smart you think your parent is, they are not going to change. No, You're not going to reason with them and show them examples. It's not going to work. So you mm. need to change how you interact with them, which is what you spoke of. You know, Set your boundaries. And if you um, don't fight with them, that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Don't get into that argument. Don't try to defend yourself. I'll give you a good example. Uh, Your parent may say, oh, you're still wearing that ratty coat. And you happen to love this coat. (laughs) Um, You say, for example, you might say, yep, I know you don't like it. I like it. I'm going to wear it. You don't need to wear it. That kind mm-hmm. of thing, and and let it go with that, and they'll mm-hmm. they might keep going with it, but that's it. I already I'm done. I've said my piece. I'm done. I like this coat. You don't have to wear it. It's for me. It's not for you. Move on to wow. another topic. That kind. You just got to keep it like that because, and it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not. Yeah. The very first time, it's very hard, and they look at you mm-hmm. like you've got three heads. You know, you've lost your <laughs> mind. Who's 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 been talking to you? Who's changed you? That kind of thing, but it's you. It's your, and that will make you feel very strong, as yeah. and you'll grow. Um, and the next one, lastly, is empower. And when you change what you do, setting your boundaries, standing up for yourself, that will make you feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And also try to build your self-esteem. For example, if you've always wanted to try uh, painting, try it. If you wanted to go skiing but you were too afraid, try it. You may mm-hmm. not be successful the first time out. You might be, 
but give yourself the opportunity to take care of yourself and and try new things. Don't listen to those voices and you know your parents saying, "Oh, you can't do that. You, you're you're not capable of that. Why would you that's, want to do that?" And that's, that's really the key. There is the voices mm-hmm. you know that are heard mm-hmm. that we tend to just listen to those mm-hmm. tapes over and over and until we can right. re. Yeah. I say program. You have to reprogram yourself. Basically, <laughs> exactly. Because it's it's really and if you know it's really hard to see. And I refer in my book as. Narciss- having a narcissistic parent, it's like being on a merry-go-round. And until you get off that merry-go-round, you're going to go around and around yeah. and around, and you're not going to see anything. But when you step off and you watch it, it's like, oh, wow, okay, now I see what's going on. And trying to save your siblings, if you can, is great. But as I mentioned before, the conformer is not going. They're going to defend that parent until the end of the earth it's just not they're not any more changeable honestly than the um narcissist is and, and you I've know what one i think everything. <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of everything you know in I my family it mm. is tough because i picture children and, and my work is with children even as young as two years old mm. that has uh, children grow up you know brain developed n- number one their brains mm-hmm. just aren't developed enough to abstractly think but they grow up idolizing their parents and, and you know, relying. Right. We rely on our parents and right. we, we need. And so they become – I've seen children whose parents are in prison and they yeah. idolize their parents. And, and they do it because that's part of our makeup. So it's got to be tough, Tina, to, to huh? grow up and change that mindset because it's so, you know, embedded in there. It is. And like I said, it's it's like a brainwashing. and. Mm-hmm. It's very, very sad because you're right. I have a picture of myself looking up. It's like a Thanksgiving or something, and I'm kind of sitting next to my mom, and my eyes are looking up like, wow, you know, and it just a picture, as they say, it says, a, what is it, a picture tells a thousand words or something, whatever it is. But um, it's just amazing to look at that. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, uh, it sure isn't like that now. I'm, I'm a completely different person. And but it's, I feel it's much healthier. Yeah, it's like you're either you know on the team or off, and and somehow with right. children they just have to some they have to survive and muster up the energy. Mhm. Uh, that's wow. that is absolutely correct. And there, there was five a thing. Us, so. <laughs> there was a thing in the back of your book here that I, I had to chuckle at because I was reading <laughs> it was, it was actually going over the chapter on pace in chapter eight where you said you talked about kind of things to do and you came up with the idea of writing a letter. Uh, to your mom. Yes. And, you know, I thought, I want you to talk about that because I I just, I highlighted that and then at the bottom of the page down there where it says in bold print, do not mail the letter. (laughs) Yes, because I didn't want any misunderstandings. The best thing I did, and this is way back, way back in the beginning, but I went as far back as I possibly could and we're talking like six years old and I am now Mm -hmm. 49, so... (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I went back as far as I could and um, thought of all the things. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, I didn't get ice cream on Sunday. Not something like that. I'm talking about things that were major points in your life that really, really hurt. And you write all of those things down and you write them a letter and you express, well, this really hurt when you did this, and you didn't come to my graduation, or you didn't come to my this, or you had to do that instead of 
taking care of me, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And it, it helps you to get, because you're going to get angry. There's a lot of different steps to this. There's anger, there's sadness. Then you'll come back around again. You might get angry again. It's, there's a, it's an emotional roller coaster. But trust me, once you get all that out and on the paper, and you will feel so much better. But as I said, do not mail the letter, because if you do, you're just going to open up another can of worms. You might want to, honestly. You really might want to, to mail it. Um, but seriously, all jokes aside, don't, because they're not going to yeah. get it. They're just right. not going to get it. I had a dream that my mother came over and saw all these books on narcissism, because I was doing all this. I mean, it was just getting in my brain. I, I did so much reading and, and watching documentaries and just all kinds of lectures and things. And I had a dream that she came over and saw this. And it was like my wish. See, I wish I could tell her, but you can't. You have to let that go because it's not going to happen. It's okay, not. so with with all that said, mm-hmm. as we're, gosh, this time is flying. <laughs> it only goes five fast. Minutes left. It goes so fast, Tina. But let me ask you, just treatment options, interventions that you would see um, from a spouse thinking of their mm. their wife or husband or a child, adult child thinking of their parent or mm-hmm. even, uh, you know, anybody you can think of who is narcissistic, are mm. there any treatment options out there? Are there people who are narcissistic who say, you know what, I realize this about myself? Does that ever happen? It's rare. rare. You know, I've, if you're in a very low range, certainly okay. there's there are people who definitely I would suggest therapy. Absolutely, uh, the medium. So it would be like a wife getting in. They'd get I'm into sorry? therapy. As a, a wife would say, you oh, know, absolutely. a narcissistic husband yeah. get into therapy. Right. But boy, okay. Yeah, but if they're if they're in medium to high, they're not going to get in at all because yeah. the doctor's crazy. You know. Uh, and they'll go through tons of, of therapists, and you know they've gone through ten, eleven. Oh, none of them are helping me. Well, it's not the yeah. therapist; it's you. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the wives, you know, spouses, whatever, um, children definitely get into some therapy. But to get the knowledge of it and really truly understand narcissism, that's going to be a huge help. And, yeah. and that's why I wrote the book because I wanted people to really get it in plain English you know, what it means and and what it does to you, and you need to protect your children from them because they'll start all over again with your children. Mm -hmm. So you really need to to protect them. That is a really good point, Tina, that all that you're talking about in terms of treatment, in terms of help, in terms of of change is coming from the people who are around a narcissistic person and then protecting themselves and them getting you know, educated and getting different skills built and also learning how right. to, to recognize it's not their fault and they aren't the right. cause of this. And and then one point I would like to bring up as well, as you mm-hmm. change, and this is really important, stick to your guns, don't give up. Uh-huh. They are going to become, you think they're angry now? Oh, wait. <laughs> you start <laughs> to change what you do, they're going to be furious. And that can be really scary, but I'm just being honest they're going to be angrier at you because they're going to blame anything. It could be, yeah. you know, who your your spouse or what are you seeing, a, a doctor? Well, what's going on? Why are you acting this crazy? How can you do this to me? You're going to get all of that. And I'm just, like I said, I'm being honest. But stick to it because you will be so much healthier. Yeah. 
That's funny you say that. That was my last highlighted section on page 136 where it said, once you begin to treat your narcissistic parent differently, expect a lot of anger from them. And then it said, you know, I know what you're thinking. They're already angry. How can it get any worse? Well, it can. Trust me. It can get worse, and it will. But but really and truly, all kidding aside, it's really imperative that you do this because if you don't, you you need to find peace. You need to get healthy because they're not going to change, but you can. And I'll tell you this, Tina, that as a therapist, and I've done this for 18 years now. I mean, Mm -hmm. I came out as a 25-year-old guy who uh, was just as green as ever. And, you know, I've seen a lot change since 1995. And Mm -hmm. the one thing that has never stopped is how uncomfortable I get. I've done this almost 20 years with a narcissistic person in front of me. And yeah. it is hard. It it makes everybody tense. And you know, as mm-hmm. therapists, we're we're supposed to help people. You know, we're helpers. So it's mm-hmm. very hard to think of of us as you know people who confront. And mm-hmm. it it takes almost modeling. If I get a couple in, one of them's narcissistic. It takes mm-hmm. modeling the corrective emotional response we call it to the spouse mm-hmm. to show here is how you can stand up to this, and here is how you can communicate your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and it actually does help the spouse. Learn, mm-hmm. wow, Tom's able to, you know, he holds his own in here and he, he doesn't uh-huh. back down and he detaches and they learn from that. So it is helpful to, like you said, get educated and make change Absolutely. happen. And and the difference too, like with a spouse, you can get another spouse. You can't get another parent. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the issue here. But um, it, <laughs> Great point. And it helps it's, for, for – It's tough. For teenagers even to recognize yeah. that about their parents and to be able to stand up because there's a lot of teenagers dealing with parents like that. Yeah, I, I was very quiet. You know, I I didn't I tried not to make waves, but as I said, we were we're dealing with a very high range. Yeah. You know, and it was just awful. I mean, honestly, but um, I'm not saying we didn't have any good days, but yeah. you know, I can count them. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so Tina. You are phenomenal. I want to save just a little bit of time here for you to say where can people get the book, where can they find out more about you, uh, how do they get a hold of you, all of that stuff. Okay. Well, I've got – you can go on to Amazon Kindle, um, and it's it's my turn. And, again, my name's Tina Fuller, so you can download it uh, to your Kindle. Or if you'd prefer a paperback, you can get it on Lulu, and it's lulu.com. You just either type in my name or the book's name, and it'll pop right up for you. Um, or um, if you want a signed copy, you can just contact me at tinafuller at mac.com. Um, I do have a website, which is www.narcissism-answers.com. So any of those places, right. you can get a hold of Narcissismanswers.com. <laughs> Tina, we're going to put that up on my website so at least people can go link to that and get a hold of you that way because it is a phenomenal read. It's My Turn by Tina Fuller, and uh, you know it is an easy, easy read and has lots of good information. And I'm telling you, if you don't have one in your life, you're going to know somebody who does have one. So just pay right. attention to that. And it's uh, Tina, just real quick, narcissism-answers.com. Okay. Narcissism-answers.com. Come right. tomorrow to my website at tomstevens.us. We will put that link up there. Again, Tina Fuller, thanks so much for being on the air. And, Thank uh, you. You know, stay in touch. Let's do this again. Okay. Great. Thanks, Tina. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. That's Tina Fuller. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks.
tune in Thursday morning this week at 9.30 a.m. for some more great parenting tips and advice and then for us to follow up uh, in the near future with unbelievable shows. Just go to TomStevens.us for more information or on Facebook at Tom Stevens Counseling Consulting and Motivational Speaking. Thanks for being on air tonight. Tina Fuller, awesome job. And all of y'all listening, thanks for listening and pass this on to your friends. We'll see you next time. This is Tom Stevens saying goodbye.